Welcome to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. Please open your hearts to hear an anointed message that will encourage and empower you to walk in the love and light of God's Word. Beloved, following our previous Love's Last Call podcast messages, under the caption of The Watchman's Cry, we are continuing to herald that pay attention beseechment as we begin our next series, which is entitled, Lucifer's One World Religion is Arising. In this effort, we will be addressing the various facets of the enemy's many movements that are converging rapidly into the formation of his one world religion, which will serve as the pedestal upon which, for a time, he will purpose to seat himself in the place of the one true and only God of all creation and gain the world's worship for himself. We do this in light of the scriptural reality that everything needed to usher in the return of Jesus is almost fully in place, especially as it concerns the rapture of his people, which could actually happen at any moment. And therefore, we who have been born again of his spirit and whose citizenship is now in heaven, are urged to not be ignorant of the spiritual realities that are operating behind the natural events that are taking place in this world. For by doing so, we will be kept prepared in readiness and equipped in our witness to those who are still lost. In 2 Peter 1.19, we are given this sacred exhortation. And so we have the prophetic word made more sure, to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. And in light of his prophetic word of truth and knowing these things in advance, in Second Peter 3.12, we are exhorted to look for and hasten the coming of the day of God. The Greek word for hasten in that passage is sputo and means to desire earnestly. Therefore, whether the Lord comes for us as soon as the end-time prophetic signs are pointing, or even if there are decades left, as some in the body of Christ proclaim, the Word of God instructs us to desire the return of Jesus earnestly, for it pleases the Lord when we do so, and there is great reward promised in that longing. In 2 Timothy 4.8, the Apostle Paul penned this Holy Spirit revelation. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me on that day, and not to me only, but unto all those also who love his appearing. Prophecy should be a major concern for the people of God, for surely it is of major concern to him. One-third of the Bible directly comprises it, and every sacred detail of the Lord's plan of salvation and the eternal life it promises is held within its revelations. Additionally, the other two-thirds that pertain to history and poetry also contain prophecy within them as well. We know by God's perfect prophetic track record that those things that have yet to be fulfilled will surely be. And that is why the study of prophecy must not be neglected. 
when we understand what his word has indicated will happen and align it up with those things that are unfolding all around us in our very day. Just as Jesus predicted, we will surely recognize the season we are in and the strong indications that are pointing to the nearness of the time. One of the major points of biblical prophecy is the revelation of a man of lawlessness who will arise in the earth in the last days and draw all peoples together under the guise of peace, security, and betterment for the planet. This, of course, is only a smokescreen, for it won't be long until his true colors are revealed. A foreshadowing of him appears as far back as the Tower of Babel, when Nimrod, the great-grandson of Noah, incited the people to join forces in Lucifer's first real and yet failed attempt at a one-world system. Nimrod was one of the many small antichrists who, anointed by Satan, would show up on the face of the earth as the forerunners to the antichrist, whose scripture confirms will stand in the Holy of Holies and blasphemously declare that he is God. Along with a one-world government and economic system he will generate, a one-world religion will be formed that at least temporarily will be in servitude to him, but eventually will be destroyed by him. In Revelation 17, 1-5, recognition of this religious harlot is granted through John the Revelator's recorded account. And one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and spoke with me, saying, Come here, I shall show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth committed acts of immorality. And those who dwell on the earth were made drunk with the wine of her immorality. And he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, full of blasphemous names, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was clothed in purple and scarlet, and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a gold cup full of abominations and of the unclean things of her immorality. And upon her forehead a name was written, a mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. Many credible Bible scholars have identified this fallen woman as the Church of Rome, with a final pope who will rule over her, being the false prophet. She will not stand alone with her borders closed, as she has been recognized up until today but will be an amalgamation of the many other false religions that will be drawn into her by way of her ecumenism and interfaith outreaches. In a commentary written by Michael Snyder, who authored The Beginning of the End, he gives interesting consideration to some of the actions of Pope Francis since he became Supreme Pontiff of the Roman Catholic Church. In a 2014 article entitled, Pope Francis and the Emerging One World Religion, he writes, We live in a time when globalization is advancing rapidly. The global economy is more integrated than it has ever been before, and with each passing year, new economic treaties tie us even more closely together. Global governance, as the elite like to call it, is also steadily gaining ground. Through a whole host of global institutions, such as the United Nations, the World Bank, the IMF or International Money Fund, and the Bank for International Settlements. 
global governments are working together to a degree that is unprecedented. Along with evidence of global governmental and economic conglomeration, what about religion? Is there evidence that we are also witnessing the globalization of religion? Yes, there is, and in fact, it appears that Pope Francis intends to lead the way. Since he has been Pope, Francis has expressed a desire for unity with the Eastern Orthodox, the Anglicans, and many other major Protestant denominations. But more than a few eyebrows were raised when recently he sent a video to Kenneth Copeland and his congregation. Before playing the video message, Anglican Episcopal Bishop Tony Palmer told the crowd that the Catholic and charismatic renewal is the hope of the church, and that when my wife saw that she could be Catholic and charismatic and evangelical and Pentecostal, and it was absolutely accepted in the Catholic Church, she said that she would like to reconnect her roots with the Catholic culture, and so she did. The crowd cheered as he continued, Brothers and sisters, Luther's protest is over, is yours. Kenneth Copeland found this development incredible as well. Said Copeland, Heaven is thrilled over this. You know what is so thrilling to me? When we went into ministry 47 years ago, this was impossible. And that, beloved, is because 47 years ago, God's people were still contenders for his truth and on fire as his witnesses to that truth. But here in the church's almost full-blown Laodicea condition, we have a well-known TV evangelist gushing over uniting with the Roman Catholic Church under the guise of unity and brotherhood when the differences between true Christianity and Catholicism are as far removed from each other as light is to darkness. But this is exactly how many evangelicals are being persuaded to embrace this antichrist persuasion by being told that love is tolerance and tolerance is acceptance, no matter how much a person's beliefs contradict the unadulterated word of God's truth. To say the least, the video was very compelling, as most counterfeits are. Pope Francis addressed love and that we have all sinned. He even credits Jesus Christ as being the only sinless one. He talked about brothers and sisters coming back to each other because sin has separated us. But if you listen carefully, his main point is not that sin has separated us from God and that we all need to be born again in reconciliation power with the Father in heaven, but more that it divides the human race. And his antidote is reconciliation with each other to make a strong bond in peace as he draws people of all faiths into the universal arms of Roman Catholicism. But the most important necessity to discern in these masterful counterfeits is that never once has Pope Francis changed Roman Catholicism's stance on the many blasphemous contradictions to God's word and his true church that this Antichrist cult holds to, nor has he repented for their worship of Mary, which even though mostly denied by the common layperson, is documented in their pontifical encyclicals to be their primary deity. And in fact, 
Pope Francis, upon his being indoctrinated as Roman Catholicism's 266th pontiff, he dedicated the whole world to Mary. And while it is yet to be seen whether Pope Francis will indeed be the false prophet or a forerunner to him, his interfaith efforts and promotion for a one-world order are undeniable. In our next podcast, we will address these official actions taken by him, as well as covering the many other factors that point to the certainty that the Antichrist one-world religion is surely arising before our very eyes. Until then, and as always, I bid you his agape. You've been listening to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. If you'd like to receive a CD copy of this message or you have a prayer request, please contact us at Agape Light Ministries, P.O. Box 6313, Chesterfield, Missouri, 63006, or via our website at www.agapelightministries.com. Again, that's www dot agape light ministries dot com <laughs>